Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side, your pal named Hal. Doing what we can on this program to give you some tools, a leg up on this crazy thing we call life. Good afternoon, and are you ready for a new one? This is going to be a good show. It's, uh, it's one of those shows that just sneaks up on you and just out of nowhere... Boom, sneaks up. Today we're talking service, okay? Service uh, here at BYU Radio, apparently somebody is giving free ice cream away. And uh, Skyboy walks in, and what do you say, Sky, right when you got here? Do you remember? I think I told you guys about the free ice cream. We actually knew about it already. I did not know you knew about it. Well, we were here early for the meeting, and... We already knew there was ice cream, and then we were going to test you to see if you would bring us ice cream. I'm not allowed to bring ice cream in the studio. I know. That's why I told you guys about the ice cream. So you could go out there and eat the ice cream. That was the next best thing I could do. I have a theory. While following the rules. I have a theory. Yo, now you're going to start following rules. (laughs) Hold on. Let's go back. (laughs) Wait, wait. To that for one minute. (laughs) Who cares about the theory? Now you're going to follow the rules. Well, I'm really glad I am, about I am that. all about the rules. I know you are. <laughs> give it, give it a shake. Give it a that'll shake. be a great uh, thing that you start following. What is that? That's a bag. Of, of may or friends. May not. Bag of friends? M&M's. M&M's. But we don't have M&M's in the studio. Because you can't have M&M's in the studio. Nor ice cream. But they're like, they're like you know, Schrodinger's I didn't, cat. I did not bring the M&M's into the studio. I know. We took them out of your bag. No, you, you guys know Schrodinger's cat. It's like, it's the cat. Maybe it's live. Maybe it's dead. But you don't know until you look at it. There may or may not be M&Ms in that bag. Yeah. We haven't opened it, so we this don't know. This is true. It can and, be filled with sand. Um, is that your theory? No, that's not my theory. What was your theory that we interrupted? Oh, my theory? Well, right when, suddenly we got an email today like, there's going to be ice cream in the, in the yeah. break room. And everyone's like, oh, we're delighted for ice cream. But I had work to do for this show. Um, so you couldn't enjoy the ice cream? Oh, no, I don't care. I'm, I don't like the ice cream that they have here. Um, what? I'm a Bluebell ice cream person. If you like Bluebell ice cream. Are you that stingy with your ice cream? Uh, yes, I am. So if you are out, He's I purist. love the ice cream. And do you like Bluebell ice cream? This is, I hear, cream? the greatest ice cream on the face of the earth. It's amazing. Well, no, and Merritt's shaking her head, and her curly ringlets are bouncing. Go that ahead. was very descriptive, Merritt. Thank you. Just trying to make it more No, vivid. the best ice cream <laughs> is next to my hometown. A little local dairy, I promise you. It really? Is the best. Yeah. Do they make cheese curds? Mm-hmm. Mm, squeaky cheese. It's fantastic. Mm. There's a town in Iowa that's famous for something to do with ice cream. Yeah, that's where all the politicians it's, go. It I'm going to look good. it up, and I'm going to find out why it's famous for ice Hold cream. Hold on. Research? I'm going to do some research right now. <laughs> Are you going to do, do work for the show? Are you going to do research during the show? During the show. Are you gonna, and you're going to do it for the show. Wait, could you put the, show. put the microphone near the uh, keyboard so we can hear you doing research? Doing my research. This is um, groundbreaking moments here on the Matt Townsend Show. All you got to do is give them a rundown yeah. and they start our, working. Our rundown and um, our very own Skyboy <laughs> is, is actually <laughs> typing. 
apparently he types like he's never met well, a keyboard I, I before. I did it slow so that people could hear. Okay. <laughs> anyway, could I give him my theory? Yeah, let's hear the theory. While I, he's I think they sprung this on us because they're going to do something to the internet. Because I was not, I was doing work on my computer. Oh. And so it's a bait and switch. Yes. They're baiting I, you away from your computer. Exactly. Because every time they screw around with the internet... It goes slows down, and then we throw a fit because we got work to do, and they decide to do all their work while we do our really? work. When there's you know there's hours from like five p.m. Oh. to about you know ten in the morning where we don't have a lot it. of action. I think that was it because I got back and I think they did that so we'd all be like, oh, ice cream, we're okay. socializing. Okay, here's and then the we deal. didn't complain <clears throat> about the bad internet. It was HR that offered me the ice cream, not IT. So IT. Would be the ones that would be running the internet. No, because HR. It w- so I'm thinking it's because we need to get rid of somebody. No, it would be suspicious. Like <laughs> it would be suspicious if the IT people put it on and they weren't there. You are a conspiracy theorist. I'm, I just pay attention. I just look for the signs, Matt. Can I report my research? Oh, are you done? Yeah, do it. Yeah. Okay, Lamar's Iowa is the home of Wells Dairy, the world's largest producer of ice cream novelties in one location, and is self-proclaimed ice cream capital of the world. Okay, A, self-proclaimed. <laughs> self-proclaimed. Yeah, that's different. Where else? The creamery at BYU is not self-proclaimed. But it here's is, the thing. It it's is... the largest producer of ice cream novelties in the world. A, or B, I guess we're, <laughs> we've done A. B, who needs an ice cream novelty? C. I'm just saying, you know, I think everybody loves ice cream, and there's a lot of ice cream in Iowa. Hence, Iowa's not as bad as you make it sound. No, I think Iowa's incredible. Thank do, you. Do it's they, the people from Iowa that drink. Do they, they put corn in the ice cream? I don't know. Uh, I don't corn know cream, cream is ice the cream. best. Cream of corn? Oh. Mm. Okay. Cream of corn. Okay. Ice cream of corn. Cream ice cream. Of corn. As long as we're talking about food, there's this uh, franchise of barbecue joints around the South called Rudy's Barbecue. Mm. And sometimes it has a gas station, which I don't get, but whatever. It's fine. They have cream corn that has condensed milk in it that will change your life. Really? Yes. Do you? Wow. I've never heard anyone. Wait, you said creamed corn. With, creamed corn with condensed milk. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. They don't tell me. So what it's it is. almost because if, if you cook condensed milk, Merritt, help us with this. Uh, isn't that how you make like caramel? Yeah, you can make caramel. So it, it's really caramel corn. <laughs> it's, mean, like, it's, it's like really it's like really soupy. Done. It's, it's like really soupy caramel corn. Yeah, it's the beginning of caramel corn. I guess if you cooked it longer, you'd have caramel corn. Eventually, those kernels would pop, I guess. Mm. Do you like caramel corn? Yeah. I'm hungry. I prefer the cheese side. There's ice the... cream right out there, man. Ice cream is not a food. Mm. <laughs> because it's not like completely a solid? Is that what you're getting at? Or Yeah. Anything, so it's like in between a liquid and a solid. So it's kind of like a drink its state food. Just by sitting in your mouth... Not food. You need to masticate. Your, mm, your mouth will eventually change the state of any food. I'm talking in like in, a, in like five seconds if in the state's changing. So chocolate's not food either? No. No. Chocolate is medicine. Oh, okay. That's I different. like that. What's ice cream? Ice cream would be um, fluid. It's not a fluid. It's a beverage. Yeah. That's a milkshake. Right. 
How did we get on that subject? There's ice cream out there. We started talking That's about food. You brought and it up. And it's three in the afternoon. Of the show. <laughs> Here's another one. Because um, today we're talking about service. BYU did a study out of the um, engineering department about urinals. Have you heard this? Like it's uh, all over oh, the news. I think I saw. It's all over the place. Because, in fact, seriously, it's I've seen it on four national shows. This is the research coming out of Brigham Young University. <laughs> because apparently if you don't hit a urinal appropriately, and they've tested it, don't ask how. But it did involve an ice cream party. And if you don't – but what it is is they, they've got the best place to hit a urinal so there's less splash back. I've got a very embarrassing story. And it's from Brigham Young University. So I'm just, I'm just doing a shout out to the engineering department – who figured that out? Well, I'm glad we're tackling the big problems. Yeah. Can I tell my embarrassing story? By the way, it's story? a service. That's a service. Be- Is it? We don't have to start. Are we being that. a bit liberal with the word service? Because well, I don't we- think that's the way to start our service <laughs> well, show. Well, we're going to have a really good service show later. But, we, I mean, they could study anything. They could study anything. Like, you there could-, could be a department that studies marathons that I might be a part of. Right. Why? Crazy. Weird. You be- they could study also, you know, how to how to get water out of the ground in Africa. Or get us to Mars. By the way, they're doing all that. And they're also doing urinal splashback. Thank you. I do, do have that? a story related to urinal splashback. Okay, we're going to move on, though. Um, <laughs> it's a good story. Well, wait, wait, I really want to hear this. <laughs> I didn't really want Okay. I really want to see where this I'm goes. I'm going to let, I'm, we're turning it over to you. <laughs> Are you kidding me? We do have a dump button. <laughs> is so. it appropriate? Well, I know it is. His hands on it. Okay, um, just remember who you are, and we don't want we don't even need to was, be graphic. I was in first grade. Oh, okay. Okay, I left the classroom to use the, the bathroom. Yeah, and I had some urinal splashback. Okay, a lot, and <laughs> I I didn't know what to do, so I waddled down the hallway to my classroom door, and I'm thinking this isn't my fault. No. I didn't pee my pants. No. Honest was, mistake. Honest mistake. This was, There's nothing I did. I just hit it in the wrong spot of the urinal. Yeah. Well, which is hard. It's hard. Because you're small. You're a tiny little tiny boy. Tiny little boy. And so I was like, my teacher, my classmates will completely understand. understand. Empathy. Empathy. So I, I don't even go up to my teacher. I just open the door. And from the, from the doorway, I yell to my teacher. And I explained. I was like, you know how boys go to the bathroom like this. It's sprayed all over me. And I, <laughs> it's all over my pants. My classmates did think it was funny, and they all turned and laughed at me. Jerks! Oh, no. Yeah, no, I was like, "How can you not understand?" Is Simple that mistake. So I had to, I had to go to the office and, and borrow some sweatpants from the lost and found. Really? And wait, my wait. friends made fun of me all through elementary school See, for that. Wait, let's rewind a little. You said you oriented. you waddled to class. Yeah, because it was wet. My wait, pants were wet. Did you? Did I had you to, like, have your pants to... around your ankles? No. Okay. Going. Let's just I was trying. I was trying to avoid the wet pants touching my legs. Okay. Okay. I got. Okay. Well, who hasn't done that? It's first grade. I, I didn't pee my pants. First grade. Tell the truth. It was just twelfth grade. Twelfth <laughs> grade. You waddled down the high school hall and yelled into your high school teacher to his uh, English. You know how class. guys go to the. Ba- uh, that brought up a memory. Oh, it was major. Well, keep service. it appropriate here, Matt. My, we're going to actually take gonna... it. Well, we're going to take mine back to the realm of appropriate. Okay. Even though first grade, that's fine. Um, preschool. Okay, so my mom. I had to go to work early, so she dropped me off at a friend's house. 
And then that friend would walk me to preschool with her son. Okay? We're walking in a snowstorm to preschool. It's only two blocks away. Uphill both ways. It, actually, <laughs> it was uphill both ways. <laughs> with no feet, actually. You cut them off before starting the trek. The no, I was wearing – and I, by the way, so you, the those old school folks, I used to have a pair of galoshes. Do you all know what galoshes are? No. That you actually – you wear your shoes and then you put them inside these boots – and then you could buckle up your boots. You'd have boots and your shoes on inside. I had all my clothes. Cutest. By the way, I was the cutest preschooler you've ever seen. Why were you laughing? <laughs> See, that's why I don't like ice cream. You. When you eat ice cream, you get all shifty. Were you a you chubby some, little kid? You get some or? back sass I wasn't from you chubby. When you get some. I wasn't chubby. I was ripped. Ripped. I was the most ripped preschooler. Were you on roids in preschool? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was on Pez. Oh, okay. They were so yummy. Just as effective. But I'd pop them like candy. Oh, they were candy. They were candy. Walking, walking, walking through the snow. In your galoshes. Over the field, over the bridge. Over the river. Over the hills. And through the through woods. woods. Through the woods. To preschool, I'd go. <laughs> and I slipped in... A puddle that completely drowned me. <laughs> and I was trapped in my galoshes full of water. And then we had to walk her son. I think she pushed me. I'm not sure. I was young. I you think wanna... your friend's mom pushed you? I don't know. I think she let me go. I think my mitten, my mitten gave way and I fell in the lake, which we call a puddle. We then had to walk another block, drop off her son. I was soaked, my entire preschool class, looking at me. Ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, hypothermia. Hey, He's hi, dying. you're freezing. Why are He's, your lips purple? He's going to lose the tips of his fingers. And then one of them said, you look like Sky Boy when he wet himself. And Foreshadowing. Like, oh, great. That's when I was alive. <laughs> then, Little did you know your entire class was made up of time-traveling wizards. <laughs> That's exactly right. But see, that wasn't the bad part. The bad part was then this cute woman walked me home to my to her house. You were in preschool and you already found women attractive? Yeah. She was a lovely, wonderful mother. Man. Then she asked me to disrobe and get in a blanket and she... Then went and dried my clothes. And I remember sitting there <laughs> naked, just waiting for my clothes to dry, thinking, I hate school. <laughs> I think my story was more appropriate. <laughs> this is a huge mistake. Yeah. <laughs> this topic? No, no. This Going to school. Right then, that's when I began not liking school and, and wondering why wasn't my mom home. But this woman stepped up, took care of me. Made me feel good. Still got Walked the tips of your fingers. Still got the toes. I, 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 I lost toes. two toes. Uh, well, you know, you got a bunch. So you know, you, what do you do when you lose a toe when you're a kindergartner, or preschooler? So anyway, service. She didn't have to. She went out of her way. She took care of me. Boom. Loved me. My life was filled with people, with people like that. Stepped up, served me, served my mom. Single mom. That's the topic of today's show. Service. It's not about ice cream. That's one way to serve. That? Today's topic of our show. <laughs> Looked like Lil Wayne over there or something. Dude, I, Lil Wayne. <laughs> I was Lil Wayne for a minute there. I was channeling Lil Wayne. It's about service, guy. That's why I brought you some M&M's. I really appreciate that. And I'm taking them back. What did no, I do? No. No. All no, I did was come in yeah, here and try and rules. share ice cream with you. 
There's rules. Yeah, but after the show. Uh, are you going to be here after? I'm going to be here. Highly doubt it. We're going to take a break. When we come back today on the show, we're talking service. I would love to hear from you. one chat byu I want to hear the times in your life when somebody stepped up and served you, your family, a time when somebody, you know, went out of their way to take care of you and make sure your life was better. We're talking service. Hopefully, we're going to get you connected, caught up in this concept of serving and loving others. You know, the holiday seasons are just around the corner. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, kids. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about service. Step up, get off your duff, and serve people. That's the goal. The goal really is to teach, you know, Skyboy. The art of service, the importance of serving other people. And uh, today we're going we're gonna to get it in his brain. He's like our template for the audience. Yeah. He, he is like... <laughs> he's like... The template. <laughs> we direct everything audience. at him, mm-hmm. but but indirectly, all of all of the listeners, yeah. all twelve of you. No, there's eighteen. We heard there's eighteen. Well, well we count all the people that have called in, which is probably somewhere under thirty. Well, but who's to say they're still listening? Well, that's true. That's assuming a lot. What we do with Sky, Sky is the lowest common denominator. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a million topics we could talk about, and Sky, <clears throat> we're trying to lift him up on every one of them. Right, Sky? Yeah. I'm that important, you know? I think I think you guys created a show Anyway, for so me. we're going to move right on <laughs> and just keep the show moving. You always cut me off. <laughs> Did you hear something? <laughs> I just heard a little squeak and then a splat. I'm so tempted to turn his mic off. You could. So you often. could. I really want to turn his mic off. But then he'd start yelling. <laughs> Hello? Am I on? Why do I see if I don't bring him in, he doesn't come in and You're he'll right. just sit there and put his head down on the board and go nine nine. Yeah. And then I bring I him in like that. <laughs> he go what? He'll go nine nine. And then I bring him in and then I regret it. So it's kind of this it's one of these things that you feel bad just let like, me sleep. He's like the little you kid wake that me you don't up. pick to play on the team, but then you feel bad because he just sits there and kind of mopes. But then you pick him for the team and he does a terrible job yeah, and you realize and then, why yeah, you Yeah, and then he kicks a team. ball over the fence or on the roof and then you can't play anymore. I want to make you regret waking me up. <laughs> oh, believe me. That regret's already taking place. Mission accomplished. So here's the deal. Our own Bryce Lamar Tobin has put together a rant. Now, Bryce, apparently you're sick of the pity party. I do not respect them one bit. So if we're sick of them, you're just saying, quit crying, you crybaby, and do something about it. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce's right. You want to know what's less useful than a football bat? Throwing yourself a pity party. Look, I get it. Sometimes things go wrong consistently, and then your only reaction is to wonder if the universe is consciously combining forces against you. It's okay to think this way and privately wonder for, like, a day. After that, you're in pity party territory. Things turn into a full-on pity party when all you do is tell people how awful everything is. Or worse, some people do this because it's easy attention and you get some good, uplifting support from lots of people, so they'll just keep themselves there, never fixing the problem because everyone flocks to them. People throw a pity party when they're stuck inside themselves. So the only way to fix it is to get outside yourself, and I have just the solution. So you know what? If everything's all wrong and it's so bad, how about instead of wallowing in your own filth, you go do some service? 
Find someone who could use your help and help them for no reason other than wanting to. Go volunteer somewhere. You know what? In fact, go volunteer at an animal shelter. If you want to get outside yourself, this is the place to do it. Try comparing your streak of bad luck to an eight-year-old dog that was just brought into the shelter because their humans had to move to another country. I dare you to try and keep other people focused on you while dealing with kittens. Animals aside, helping out just feels good. It's not a permanent fix, but it can be just the kick you need to get out of the funk you're in. And even if it doesn't manage to make you feel any better, change your outlook on life, or it doesn't end your pointless pity party for even a little bit, at least you managed to do something useful, which is more than I can say for most. If you want to wallow, go ahead and wallow, but just don't shove your wallowing in my face. Oh, and this is the most important part. Afterwards, you better not make a big deal about this. Pity parties are dumb, but someone who throws their charity in your face all the time is obnoxious. So if you do something selfless and you feel great, keep it to yourself. If you're helping out in order to put yourself on a pedestal, you did it for the wrong reasons. And I hope you have good reason to throw more pity parties in the future. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. You had a lot of energy on that one. Thank you. I appreciate your Um Where did you feedback. channel that energy from? Um, other say than... Matt, say Matt, say Matt. <laughs> other than... Say <laughs> Matt. Oh, I messed it up. <laughs> you, you hate whiners, pity partiers, yeah. and people that take credit for serving for the wrong reason. People are like, look at this good thing I did. It's like, and you ruined it. It was a good thing. Then you, you talked about it. You were doing great. Then you talked about it. So, then, you, so yeah. you think service should be quiet, you know. I just well, I don't know if it should be quiet. I don't know, but when people make a big deal about it, I want them to have the worst luck in the world. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, you want to bring them down. I, yeah, you know, take them you down. You want a notch. them to pay. You know, a little humility. But see, it's an interesting thing. The pity party is a big deal. We get the pity party a lot on this show. Do we? Mm-hmm. Do we, Sky? We, we, the general we, as we all look at Sky. The I royal think we, do, we. Bryce. I think we get that a lot. And it's kind of like. Hey, what about me? What about food? <laughs> what about food? I'm tired. You know what? Here's what we should do. <laughs> Instead of him board hopping during the show, he should go to the animal shelter. I totally agree. <laughs> and then once he spent 10 minutes there, come back. Well, he'd get bit. He would. I think I'd have a lot of fun at the animal shelter. I think you'd relate incredibly. <laughs> I think one it would time, help you a lot. One time when I was in Florida, I served my LDS mission there. Um, we were walking, and we took this shortcut through the like a like a little through the Everglades wooded area, <laughs> and it was it was cold outside. It was the, actually like the coldest it had been in Florida in a long time. How, how was, cold is that? Uh, Sixty two. It was probably I'm in kidding. the thirties, forties. Wow! Plenty cold and um, there was two little kittens shivering there, and they looked really skinny and like they hadn't eaten, and they like started crawling around our legs and purring. <laughs> so we there was an animal shelter pretty close by, so we picked them up and. We were driving in the car, and I was driving. <laughs> my, um, my companion, who was with me, was trying to keep these two kittens, but they started going crazy, and they were crawling up my leg while I was yeah. driving and scratching us. Those cats do not know proper car yeah. etiquette. It was fun. It Did was you funny. notice the lady, the owner we, of the cats, that was re- running you down behind you? Like, nah, hey, give our cats back. No, nah, she, she, she wasn't. She didn't want the cats. That's sad. So did you save them? <laughs> yeah, we took them to the animal shelter, put them in. We named one Puss and the other Boots. Puss oh, and Boots. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Did you, um, what did you feel after that? I felt warm and fuzzy inside. Well, that was the cat fur. <laughs> then okay. what did you feel? I felt like I went on an epic adventure. Anyway, Bryce, um, let's just talk as adults. I tried to be serious and you turned it down. <laughs> so what do you want me Is to say? Is someone talking? Is someone? <laughs> I'm kidding. Right, you guys blah, are blah, both. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to lose microphone privileges and soon. And mic's off. <laughs>
Well, Bryce, I appreciate the rant. I think that's a very good lesson. Quit your whining and instead go serve. Service is good. It's nice. And then when you serve, just let it be – let your payoff be the service, not the – you know, if you post an Instagram of yourself doing service and make a big deal about it, yeah. I might take a hammer to my own head. Yeah, I always like to say, "Ooh, pulled my shoulder out serving today." Like, eh, <laughs> mm, ruined it. Well, that's tennis. Ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Tennis, you that were. was a good one. <laughs> uh, I brought in a tennis joke. <laughs> uh. Anyway, today we're talking service. We are going to be joined in just a bit by Casey Peterson, who is the the man in charge of all service. To the community at Brigham Young University. It's a big job. Well, I don't want to build it up. It's too big. Casey Peterson will be with us next. And uh, we're going to give you tools, ideas for how to serve and get out of yourself for the holiday season. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. So glad you've joined us today. Of course, we're talking about service. And this actually was um, sparked by the typhoon in the Philippines. And we thought, holy cow, the story's coming out about that. And, you know, we don't want to we don't want to turn it into a fundraiser for the typhoon relief and stuff, because I don't even know where to send people for that. But, you know, there's going to be disasters. There's going to be service opportunities. But you know what? As the holidays come up as well, you don't need a disaster to turn into a a fairly service-oriented person and to find opportunities to serve. They're in your own families. They're in your own neighborhoods. So we asked a great uh, expert on this. Casey Peterson is joining us. For more than eight years, he's uh, been at BYU as the director of – have you been the director the whole time, Casey? I have. You worked – you did it, man. You nailed it. Casey's the director of BYU Center for Service and Learning, and – what that means is he's in charge of all – I'm not – I don't want to – I usually say like all intergalactic service opportunities at Brigham Young. But here's the deal. Casey's background has a bachelor's in international relations and is a doctoral candidate in educational leadership. He has five kids and he's been doing this for eight years. Casey, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. Good to have you. One of the things, Casey, I, I guess be thinking about and teach us. You teach us – Service. Why on earth does a school like BYU have a, a a center for service and learning? I think it really starts with the the sign when you come onto campus that says "Enter to Learn, Go Forth to Serve." Hmm. Uh, that that instantly teaches the importance of service in the context of education, but yeah. also in the context, I think, of religion and and our duty as citizens and members of the church. But obviously, you don't have to be a member of the church no. to serve. And on any university setting, I think it's fascinating to look academically at service as well. Yeah, because that's some of some of what you've studied getting your doctorate while you've been doing this yeah. is the educational side. And then I guess Absolutely. in your mind, you're always like thinking service and education go hand in hand. Absolutely. So what have you been learning? Well, the the fun part about about how service applies educationally is students are reading and they are hearing lectures all the time when they actually go out and apply those principles in a setting and 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 have to be become practitioners instead of just readers or listeners yeah. it it changes their approach and it changes yeah. their motivation and it helps them to see 
why they are doing things, and that affects how they are. How isn't they are that? I mean, that's the the that's the real practical, the practicum, right? The actual theoretical, great, blah blah blah. But right. every theory, once it's practiced, even engineering. Right? Absolutely. Any any science, medicine, anything. Once you practice it, and you start, I guess, you know, connecting to people, right, and their needs, it seems to take on a whole new life. It is. It's it's a, it's across disciplines. It's across backgrounds. It's across religions, cultural backgrounds, yeah. races, all of that. We see that 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 service scopes and spans all of that, yeah. and that's and that's fun to see it. Each year we have about 24,000 BYU students involved in the programs through what? our center. Um, like, so what are some of the programs? Yeah, they're fascinating. Uh, there are 70 different programs that they, they participate in and they lead. Every one of those programs was proposed by students. The oldest one is 104 years old. The Holy newest cow. one is about two months old. Wow. Um, and so they're the traditional programs, working with the elderly, working with people with disabilities, building homes, uh, a lot of programs with poverty yeah. issues. Um, but some of the newer ones deal with um, our newest program is underwater robotics, which I thought that how is that service? Yeah, who you are know? we serving there? <laughs> exactly, and and it was a student, uh, one from the mechanical engineering department, one from electrical engineering, who have this passion for engineering and thought, let's teach this to kids. Let's approach this science, technology, engineering, mathematic yeah. uh, initiative, and let's let's go into the schools and teach kids who otherwise would be wondering, you know, what am I going to be when I grow yeah. up and and what should I study? What do I like to do? Um, I, I have a son who's in seventh grade who's participating mm-hmm. in that. And, and he loves sports and scouting, but he is just fascinated as he builds a, this, this robot that goes underwater. They meet, uh, they'll have a competition in the spring where they, they will How submerge great. them in the pool here at BYU. Yeah. And, and they have wired them to control them. And, and then the biology department came forth and said, hey, we'd like to use those robots to get bacteria samples from ponds and environmental studies and these sorts of things. And so, you know, it started as how can we help these kids in the schools? Yeah. And now it's it's a symbiotic relationship that the, the educators here on campus are saying, wow, let's use the students in their, you know, their initiatives yeah. to build. And, and so that's a different type of service. You know, it's not the raking leaves right. or painting fences. Those things exist. Um, but it's fun to get to see that the different ways that we can interact as a community and strengthen relationships and teach each other and love one another. That's so – it's so simple really. You, it, you take a project and then you apply it to children mm-hmm. and it turns into a service project. Yeah. I mean you take something – you even a passion. You can – so really what you're teaching us I guess is you can take any passion – Yes. And apply it to somebody that could benefit from it. Absolutely. And it's now become a service opportunity. And, and, and I wonder which way it goes. Another new program uh, deals with there – were, there were individuals that were in rest homes, a common – I think that's a very common form of service, going right. into rest homes and uh, friendshipping elderly. But they realized, you know what? What can we do to do more than just go and play bingo with them or you know watch yeah. a movie with them? And, and they realized, the students realized, you know what, we have we have an expertise in our knowledge that we're studying at BYU. They have an expertise. Many of them have been faculty members in the past or yeah. you know, have advanced education themselves. And so a program is set up. They, they, they mapped out, you know what, the, the de- deterioration that happens physically starts mentally first. When yeah. they get bored, then the body starts to break down. And so our students go in and teach in the rest homes instead of, you know, n- not to downplay bingo. It's, right. it, you know, a great game. But 
Um, they go in and they teach them whatever they're learning in school. And as it's that so happens, big. it keeps the mind yeah. young. And as the minds are active, the bodies stay healthy. And and yes, our students are having an opportunity to teach, yeah. which makes the content more applicable. As it, you know, yeah, they're going to retain it. More. Yeah, they retain it a lot better. But they're also learning as as these these individuals they're teaching are sharing their stories. You Isn't know, when that I was an engineering huge. professor, yeah. or you know, as, in my job, this is what I did. And, yeah. and there's a there's a two way teaching going, which makes it a really neat. Well, which makes this you know, some countries are very intergenerational, where grandpa's yeah. always there. They're not putting them in a home. Right, grandpa's going to be there. So you bring the kids home and they would talk to grandpa. Yeah. Grandpa would watch them do their homework and exactly. make sure they got their homework done. Exactly. That's when my son just got his eagle um, a few months ago. But one of his, pro- his project was to go in and do oral histories of all of the seniors in Very the senior neat. care centers. Yeah. But then he got all the scouts to go in and sit down and just take down a history. Yep. And it was the easiest thing you've ever seen. And yeah. at first it's awkward because some of them, you know, didn't. Like, why are you taking this down? Right. You're not going to give that to the IRS, are you? <laughs> um, but it was it was life changing for the boys. Oh, I'm sure they'd hear these stories, yep. and in the weird way, it becomes it's a um, they're both serving. So Absolutely. the senior was serving the scout, and the scout was serving the senior. Absolutely. You see that, I guess. In all of these projects you're doing, it is. We call it. We call it in our center mutual reciprocity. Yeah. That it needs to go both ways. That true service. Uh, I, we we really try to avoid the the typical service project. Yeah. I feel like those are planned around the needs of the server, and the person receiving the service is treated like a project. Yeah. And they're just there to, you know, to to get a pat on the head. Right. Um, I had a student call it the pet the peasant syndrome. Mm. That we just come say, out you know, and pet the peasants, everybody. Oh, exactly. So you know, I, I'm here to serve you, and so you have these needs, yeah. and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna serve you whether you need it or not. This 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 concept of, of reciprocity is that in in true service, we're looking at the the strengths that an individual has, not just the needs. We're not terming or labeling anybody needy. We we realize right. that we all have assets and we all have uh, we all we also have needs. And in true service, I think that goes together. It's huge. I mean, what did you call it? Um, peasant. Pet, pet the peasant syndrome. Pet the peasant. <laughs> but see, I mean, we think we hear of this all the time. Um, we do. Every family at Christmas is like, yeah, we really want to go down to the shelter and yeah, feed them. Right. And it's like, let's all walk by and see how bad it can get. Right. But really, service should be a year long paradigm mentality. We should be serving exactly. all year. Exactly. And look for some reciprocity. Always assume, even if they can't give you something they can give you something because they're 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 a value they have value to give they do so keep looking till you find the value absolutely. that you can get absolutely isn't that interesting it seems like that's so selfish like i guess you got it but if they can't give you something in return that's how many how many times have you gone to grandma or to a senior person's house and you give them something and they just want to give you something right let me just let me give you this cookie and you're like right. that cookie i'm not eating <laughs> right that cookie has been in that jar at my grandma's house all year. Absolutely. But she wants to give. So we, I guess that's part of your rule, huh? Let them give. It is. It is. Accept it. Realize that don't, don't, don't make the mistake of saying I'm the server and you're the receiver ever mm-hmm. because really in true service, we're wearing both. Oh, we, yeah. we wear both hats. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? We, um, we go visit. We have a 97-year-old couple that we go visit every month. And now it's even more than that because we love them so much. Mm-hmm. But our family visits them. And they're 97, hmm. and they're tired. 
And every time we get there, they're even more tired and you can kind of see the degeneration of the mind and forever. This They were driving. They were doing everything. But – they can't even they can't even hear anymore to have uh-huh. the meeting. So we take a laptop and we type all the questions, wow. and then we just have them teach us. Yeah, and we just ask a question like, "Tell us about when you lost your child," uh-huh. and it's the most incredible I'm thing sure. you've ever seen. But in reality, it looks like we're going there to do the service. Uh-huh. No, yeah. Every time my kids leave and they're like, "That felt good, mom. That felt good." And, and we see that a lot in our students when when they're you know when they have these relationships and these opportunities to serve, and and we reflect and we ask them when did you serve and, and they will say, you know it was when I bombed a test it was when I broke up it was when I was homesick it was when, you know I received a new calling that I was overwhelmed with yeah. it, it's in those times that they're they're doing the service they don't recognize it until yeah. they stop and reflect but then, when they look back and realize that they realize you know what. It was in those times that I was lowest that, that I was being served. Isn't that the coolest? Yeah. What a great job, Casey. Man, are you? You're going to get this doctorate, and then you're going to probably get all big headed. No. I have a doctorate, and I, no. you know, I always tell people. But um, but then you're never going to want to leave this job, are you? It's. It, I love it. I love it. I love what, having my kids have those role models. Yeah. Um, my my kids are involved in sports and and they love it. And a couple of years ago, one of my BYU students said, "Hey, I'll bet you want to be a BYU quarterback when you grow up." And <laughs> I, my son was about twelve at the time. He said, "No, I want to be on the service council because they, <laughs> they, you know, they they have that their heroes, so cool. but they get to see these yeah. students who who selflessly serve." Yeah. Um, as part of their, you know, they're, they're busy. They hold down jobs. They, you know, they're studying. Yeah. They have goals, but they are also dedicating time to lead service programs to increase that exposure across campus and in the community. Huge. You know, they're the ones not sitting in their dorm room, room yeah. you know, feeling sorry for themselves. They're out counseling people who have been through domestic violence, substance abuse. Um, they're, you know, our students are manning suicide prevention crisis lines. They're, you know, they're, they're taking on some big, mm-hmm. big things that are well beyond their years, yeah. but they, they rise to that level. You can see it's also probably aligned with every one of their specialties and what they're studying in school in a way. Does it always kind of, like that? Um, you know what? A lot of them discover they don't know what they want to be. So this is how they, they come here, it. and this is how they discover it. They think, "Wow, you know what? I I actually like mental health counseling, or I like nonprofit management, or I like you know underwater I, robots." Yeah, 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 exactly. And so they they find they find what they want to be a lot of times through this Huge. experience. We're talking with um, Casey Peterson, and Casey is the director of service and learning at, for the set at the Center for Service and Learning. At BYU. Um, We're going to take a break. We're coming right back. Casey's teaching us the great blessing, the gift of service and uh, some ideas that you can use to, uh, you know, to get your family, your kids, yourself more involved in serving in the community around you. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back after this break. You're listening to BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. Today we are talking with uh, soon-to-be Dr. Casey Peterson. He's a doctoral candidate in educational leadership here at Brigham Young University. 
He's uh, the father of five and the director of BYU Center for Service and Learning. For eight years, he's been uh, directing all service opportunities, all formal BYU sanctioned service opportunities. So, uh, Casey, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It really, it's a, you'd think that service would just kind of come natural, right? Like, hey, let's just get out and serve people. But, and maybe we make it a big deal because we, we have a name for it, but there's a lot of things that constitute service. Yeah. And some of them we might not even call serving, you know? That, you know, that's the interesting concept being here at BYU is, is people come here who have not learned about chemistry or biology or physiology or whatever class they're, they're, they're learning in. Service is something that they all have a background in. Yeah. They're familiar with. It's yeah. something that they, in their culture, in their wards, whatever it is, they have grown up with a knowledge of it. But here they're able to to actually look at it on how they can serve better. Mm. And, and that that's a great concept because I think growing up, there's so much required or encouraged service, right. Eagle Scout Awards, Young yeah. Womanhood Awards, planned service nights throughout, yeah. that there's this this idea that service is planned and service needs to be, you know, rakes and shovels and cookies at the end. and. Yeah. Um, and there's so much more to it. It, it. it it really is an awareness. It's not a planned activity. Right. And so getting away from that is it, just fun for all of us as community members, as students, whatever station we are in life to explore. Well, just – I mean all these listeners are driving home right now. Just letting someone in front of you. Let them in. Right. Just let them in. Right. You see the need? There's blinkers on. Let them in. Just that is service. Yeah. I just did that. I've only done that once in the last two years. And I did it, and it felt so good. Like, <laughs> they have a need, and they came in, and they thanked me with a wave, which you shouldn't do because then you've only got one hand on the wheel. <laughs> but, it, I mean, it really is – you said it's just recognizing that there's a, there's a need. It is. It is. That there are needs around us all the time. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in one of my academic courses I teach on community service learning – we had a scheduled midterm. Students came in. I could see they were overwhelmed. We had read a lot of material. There were a lot of notes that they had they could have referred to. I had them zip up their backpacks, go out on campus for half an hour, and their midterm exam was applying the principles of service. And I, I saw literal looks of fear on their face. They had been reading about it, talking about it for weeks, but having to be put on the spot of going out and not having something planned, not having an organization driving it. Not having a needs list typed out really was 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 hard for them. Yeah, you know. But I watched them come back into class after that experience. They all found opportunities to serve. They're everywhere around us, and just that that twenty minutes of shifting from thinking about how much they had on their plate, mm-hmm. how stressed they are, and how tired they are, and and all of those things, to being forced to look at those needs outside. One of the happiest bunches of students I've yeah. seen ever. They were they were uplifted. They were happy. And and they were amazed to see that the same things twenty minutes before existed, and they were oblivious and clueless to them. And yeah. you know, small things, opening doors for people, yeah. saying hi to someone, stopping when someone's crying, and finding out what's going on. What about bringing them ice cream? Like if somebody <laughs> gave you ice cream, Casey, don't you think you should bring ice cream to them? Absolutely, absolutely. Did you get that, Sky? What if you're not allowed to okay. bring? Okay, moving right along. <laughs> He's always got a caveat. <laughs> Just ignore him. Uh, that's uh, isn't it interesting too that you're you you send them out they they're part, so that makes us part of the gloom, right? Because we're all and so we all kind of get in this funk, the gloom of of I guess just the rut of being stuck in your head, 
Well, yeah, life's hard, yeah. you know, and I think all of us have a, a checklist. Well, my finances are in this state mm-hmm. and my, you know, I'm sleep deprived to this, to, you know, this degree. Yeah. And we go on and on with our problems. But shifting and looking in perspective, I, I, I think we realize how lucky we are yeah. in so many ways. We had a researcher on a while ago that talked about um, when someone smiles – the you have mirroring neurons, and the mm-hmm. you mirror what you mirror the smile in you. Absolutely. Even if you don't smile, your body is even your muscles are getting ready to smile. Mm-hmm. So you derive the benefit yeah. of their smile. And then uh, there was other research that talked about that that could even be tracked to two or three two or three turns away from you. So two or three other people that that goodness carried to. Yeah, and um, service is the exact same thing, isn't it? It is. It is. And from that initial, from that initial just showing of care to my, my doctoral research has been on what really effectively makes mentoring relationships strong. Hmm. And I've tracked, you know, is it a common cultural understanding or uh, an ethnic background yeah. that's shared? Or similar a, gender. A, similar what is gen- it? Yeah. yeah. Age, all of those things. Far and away, the thing that makes the biggest difference is is the frequency. How often and for how long? Really? And, and Touch and, at, and uh, consistency. Exactly, which makes a lot of sense. When we need to be served, we don't want someone coming in, you know, demanding that yeah. we open up our trust levels and our lives to them. Yeah. And, then they, and then they go away and, and we feel, you know, almost taken advantage of yeah. in that way. And, and for someone needing tutoring or mentoring, they need – that trust level to build and to grow and to, to yield results hmm. that, that they feel in their lives. And, and so showing that, showing that, you know, mentors need to be at least six months, definitely a, a year is a big tipping point where it makes a difference. And, and, and as we volunteer continually, this family you were talking yeah. about oh. going and visiting, that, that relationship doesn't build in no. a day. It doesn't build in a, a two-hour planned mutual night. Mm-mm. Those need to be ongoing that – that we look for and that we cultivate and we grow and and then again both both but benefit. It, and you know what else it's it's transcended so it started in a relationship where um you know kind of our church community wanted us to go spend time with them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we don't need that we yeah. would so now all of a sudden they're our grandparents uh-huh and my kids go there and climb on their bed, and my kids give them all hugs, and we're saying we love you. They're grandparents. Yeah, it's definitely. the relationship has transcended by the consistency, uh-huh. and then by the the constant connecting. And it's not a we don't see it as service anymore. And almost the concept of service then it cheapens it. it like does. It no, does. we're we're like brothers now. So this serving uh-huh. act consistently has created a level of brotherhood. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Elder Ashton has a quote that's fascinating on charity, and he says, charity is expecting the best of one another and and overlooking weaknesses. Mm. And and, and I think that's when we serve where we're we're not expecting somebody to be needy and downtrodden and forlorn. We're we're expecting the very best in them. And and, and the more that we're with them as that frequency continues, we start to see some amazing yeah. features. It, it's hard not to find something admirable in, in anyone. Well, maybe that's it then. Maybe – so if anyone's out there driving around thinking, yeah, I don't have time to serve anyone. But maybe you already have this relationship, this kind of mentoring, close relationship where you're already seeing someone regularly. Mm-hmm. That might be the ideal condition to just perform a service act. You've now you you don't need to go conjure up a new service act. No, definitely not. 
Definitely not. Um, a, a group of my students that I learned a tremendous amount from taught me this principle. They were going into literacy centers, another pretty common yeah. – wherever you're at, there are literacy centers. And there were a lot of Hispanic kids coming into the literacy centers and, and they're bright kids, fun kids. Yeah. The mentors just loved interacting with them. As they did, they realized these are smart, bright kids. What is it about literacy that they're struggling with? And and then they started putting things together and realized they're not getting read to in their homes. They're not even getting English spoken yeah, to. In fact, them we in talked their about homes. that on the show yesterday. Did you? Okay. Literacy. Yeah, and and it was fascinating. So then they they stopped going to the literacy centers to to tutor and teach these these young Hispanic kids. Went into the homes where they found. Almost exclusively, the parents were illiterate in their native language as well as English. Oh, wow. And so then they started teaching the parents to read. As the parents learned to read, then they started taking the kids to the library. They started reading to them in English and Spanish both. Huge. The parents all of a sudden were able to hold church callings for the first time because when you can't read in the church, yeah. very difficult to right. hold a calling. You can't teach. You can't right. follow along right. with lessons. And, and so they – and jobs, I mean, their employment must jobs, change, their, which changed their their yeah. status or their yeah. economic status. Well, and legal status. Yeah. They were able to do you know paperwork yeah. to, to be in the country and stop dodging you know people yeah. that they thought were suspicious. And, and, and so it just built and built and built. And so for our volunteers, how rewarding to oh. see. I mean, they, they were helping the, the yeah. kids in the literacy centers, but as they saw the families – have these these life changing economic spiritual yeah. whatever it is experiences well and notice just listening to that whole thing there's there's such there's a spirit there's a different spirit when you get when you tell a story about service mm-hmm. everyone out there can hear and feel the spirit of that yeah how contagious does this get you can only imagine we change we get a few people to change a life which changes a family which changes uh, uh, you know, legalization and right. it, which changes generations. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's just, that's the power, the power of service. That's why we're talking about it, folks. We're trying to get you in the mood to serve. The holidays are coming up. It's not just for the holidays, but uh, you also don't need to go through holiday guilt because you haven't served enough either. Let's ramp it up a little bit. Find other ways to serve those people around us. We're talking with our good friend, uh, soon-to-be Dr. Casey Peterson. Casey Peterson is the director of BYU Center for Service and Learning. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Casey. He's going to give us suggestions uh, suggestions about what we could do as a family and, um, and just even by ourselves to help serve those around us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Today we're talking service. We are doing what we can to uh, to help Skyboy uh, learn the art of serving. And, of course, uh, we're joined by our great expert on service. Casey Peterson is the director of the BYU Center for Service and Learning. He also is a doctoral candidate in educational leadership. When will that be done? When do you defend that bad boy? Hopefully in the next six months. Yeah, so it'll probably take a year and a half. Yeah, at least. That's a hard thing, though, isn't it? But I mean, valuable, but it's hard. It it's is. It's like having a baby. <laughs> I've had six babies. <laughs> but I actually gained more baby fat with my dissertation. Really? Yeah. I, I've never been able to lose the baby fat. 
I've learned not to compare dissertation work to baby birthing. Because yeah. you're not. Yeah. yeah, my wife doesn't yeah. appreciate that. Well, I've actually – they say that having a – passing a kidney stone is like having a baby. I've heard that. And I've had two. Wow. Mm-hmm. Chip was the first one. <laughs> he was cute as can be. Had his mother's eyes. And uh, I never named the second one. I never got to see the second one. You don't want to name him if you can't see him. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I do have Chip, and no, you're probably right. You probably ought not compare it. I mean, unless you're a, a female that's done a dissertation, then you can compare. Right. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I feel bad now. Thanks, Casey. <laughs> Casey's teaching us the art of of uh, and some of the the principles. So it's neat because as an educator, you also you actually teach a class on community service. What do you teach? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's called learning through community service, and. Uh, it's just fascinating to get to look at service through individual levels, community levels, government approaches to service, institutional yeah. levels, and it's it, on all levels. It's, it, there are a lot of dynamics at work. It seems like there's um, there's a weird balance you've kind of alluded to, where you can serve from the head because mm-hmm. you need mm-hmm. it for your resume, or mm-hmm. you can kind of serve from the heart mm-hmm. because it's just right. It seems like no matter what, whichever end you start from, you can always end up with the heart. And I, and I think typically that's where people do start. They they think that service is warm fuzzies and and they just go with it. You yeah. know, I, I'm going to serve and I'm going to get my warm fuzzies and and I don't know that's a terribly bad thing, but it yeah. does hurt people. You yeah. know, I, in in class we I have students bring up examples of maybe when they've served with good intentions. Typically, a story will come up. I've seen it in my own ward, where a young woman, you know, probably the only member of her family, will show up. Wear her very best dress to show her gratitude for yeah. you know for being a member of of the church and trying to fit in, and a well-meaning, good-intentioned lady will say, "Oh, you poor thing, you only have that one that dress. one dress. I'm going to go buy you a new one." And and you know while the intentions are good, the message is you're you know, not you're not up to yeah. par, and 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 suddenly she becomes a project yeah. instead of we do that with sub for Santas, right? So like, yes, it's like that's like the yep. the annual let's go let's go start looking. What was the name? There's such a great name for it. The pet pet the peasant pet the peasant syndrome. Yep. Yeah. And, and and I think that's really evident. I, I refuse to take youth groups to deliver gifts to the families because I, right. I noticed as I did. Everybody, they're sore necks. Everybody's trying to get a look at the poor people. Mm. What do the poor people look like? And you know that I don't. I can't imagine that's a good feeling right. to to have. You know, you have someone coming in with loads of things, well-meaning, and I'm sure that well-meaning. I don't think we can discount that completely. But when you've got a bunch of people yeah. looking at you, wondering what's wrong with you, yeah. not not a, not a good feeling. And and sometimes it undermines. The efforts of the, the parents. Spirit, yeah. Who, oh, yeah, because now all of a sudden you've got them. It's, a, it's, yeah, you're not a good enough parent to yeah. get your kids. And you've got them an Xbox, and they never could have got their kids <laughs> right. an Xbox. No, absolutely. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And then you sit here and look at the Philippines. I have an uncle who is in Cebu, hmm. uh, Philippines, which earlier had an earthquake. Mm-hmm. And now the typhoon, they're next to the, I guess, the province that got hit by the typhoon. But there's, I think, 21 missions for the LDS Church in the Philippines with, let's say, 200 missionaries each or whatever. Mm -hmm. But all of those – a lot of those missionaries now are there doing help and recovery. But a lot of the missionaries are are being moved to his mission. The interesting thing that I'm hearing, not just through him but from others, is – you know, all these missionaries were out there already kind of proselyting about God, teaching Mm -hmm. about God. Um, But 
now their their mission is just serve. Right. Get everybody out of the hole. Right. And they the stories that are coming back are amazingly, in a way, sometimes even more spiritual mm-hmm. than what they might normally have mm-hmm. just trying to be spiritual. Oh, I'm sure. It's interesting also from an organizational level how the church is approaching this. Uh, just recently we were up at Welfare Square with the students and and, and looking at how the church – they have bales and bales of clothing items. Yeah. And they explained to us, we used to just send these when there was a disaster. And then we realized that a lot of times it would tank the local economy, that people whose businesses weren't affected suddenly are, are being overrun with all these other with food free items products, or yeah. free products. And it was ruining it's those who weren't affected. There's like an art and there's a science of service. Exactly. Isn't there? Exactly. The tsunami in Asia the first time. Uh, many years, was it 2003, I believe? Yeah, I think, I think uh, there so. was a t- tsunami and world organizations were sending in tons of food yeah. and clothing and it was hurting the farmers inland that had crops that they then couldn't sell because right. that was coming in and, and the church sent body bags. That was one of the first Isn't things they sent, amazing. which was so insightful because there were dead bodies that were polluting water sources and, 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 and that needed to, that go needed first. to go first, not just flood oh, people. so with, callous. Give them teddy bears. Well, but the irony is that shows up too, right? And that, but see, it seems like you know, a body bag makes sense. Vir- Virginia Tech, when there was the the shooting there, uh, tons of teddy bears and ramen noodles poured in. <laughs> you know, they didn't need fed. They didn't necessarily right. need teddy bears. They needed counseling. They needed yeah. friendship. And they needed understanding. And, and and so just that looking at at how we can serve better. You talked about the heart. You know, Doctrine and Covenants 4 talks about the heart, might, mind, and strength. Yeah. And a lot of times we don't even think about our service. We just dive right in. Yeah. And, and start moving and, stuff. And just start moving. <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. It is. I, I, was, I spent this summer with some folks from Joplin, Missouri, who were talking about yeah. the tornado that hit. And they, they estimated that more people were actually killed by service efforts after um, than actually by the tornado because there were people that were trapped. And these well-meaning volunteers, they had 20,000 volunteers. Yeah, they were moving stuff and they were collapsing buildings and they were <sighs> they were doing damage. Not to mention they were showing up and they didn't have food. They didn't have shelter. And so the supplies going in were going to feed the volunteers yeah. and weren't all getting to the people who actually needed the That's relief. why they've kind of been saying, don't just race don't to the in. Philippines. Don't, don't just in. race yep. to the Philippines. Yep. Um, it's interesting because in our good desire to serve – there's you you can't step on the human right the peop the humans have ego they have they we they, we need to respect it's their house so is, uh, what what are some tips you'd give us and even i guess some suggestions for things we could be doing that's that are service oriented near and around the holidays yeah. without overreaching without taking over the parents role of being a provider for their family. You know, that, that that's such a, a great one. One that I appreciate that the local United Way does is when someone applies for the Sub for Santa program, they apply at the at the local library and they don't say, you know, where what's your address basically yeah. and here where can we dump all the presents? They they do a needs assessment. You know, what what is your income? Yeah. Where do you live? What are the challenges you face? And by having it at the library, literacy can accomplish so many things. That's so great. I think so often we jump into thinking, well, I'm going to give them a bowl of soup or I'm going to give them a, a new game or mm-hmm. a teddy bear. Yeah. Um, whereas the power of books and literacy yeah. is is amazing. It, it, it's life-changing. Maybe that is that – go sign up with your family for a literacy program to help right. teach. right. 
instead of right. just doing the sub for Santa that right. will be the once a year thing. And, and I think that's profound with you know with the holidays coming up. Another one is is one that I experienced with my family. I live a, about a block away from a park, um, beautiful park, but a lot of a lot of garbage there and. There were young men's, young women's projects to clean it up. I, you know, a couple times I went with my family because we'd, we'd walk by there and be embarrassed and we'd, we'd do a family cleanup. And you know what? That doesn't fix the problem. Right. When we realized, okay, how can we engage the community? Who are the stakeholders here? We're not the only family that live by here. Who else is involved? What are the causes of this? Instead of cleaning up one day when we engaged the community and, and we increased awareness, um, it, it, it's been amazing because then it's a yeah. perpetual thing that after my family is – uh, you know, it's like your chicken. Or, yeah, or done yeah. whatever. There are still going to be stakeholders that are involved, it's huge. and and you know, it's yeah. perpetual, and, and it's in your neighborhood. Time. I mean, the yeah. answers, which I guess goes back to touch the ones you touch the most. I mean, this yep. is your neighbor. Touch the neighbor. Go help the neighbor, or yep. go, or even maybe just the great act of service is just involving a neighbor. Yep. I mean, a lot of times we just exclude people because we don't know each other. You know, that hit really close to home uh, just recently with Halloween. Uh, our, our ward organized a trunk or treat because, you know, the safety of yeah. the kids and let's have meet everybody at the church. And on my way home, I needed to drop something off to a widow in our ward. And as I, as I stopped by there, my kids were out in the van in their Halloween costumes and, and, and she started crying. And, and she said, you know what? I haven't had one trick-or-treater this year. What's going on? Oh, no. And we realized the trunk-or-treat had taken all the yeah, kids to the church. the neighborhood. It didn't take all the people who, who look forward to yeah. that. And so we started going we, – we went to five or six uh, widows in our ward and every single one said the same thing. And we're just overjoyed to see oh, the kids come heavens. in. That's and cool. I realized, you know what? We planned this great I – I was part of the discussion where we thought – yeah, a trunk or treat's a great yeah. idea for the parents and yeah. for the kids and for the safety. And we neglected to think about our, our community as a whole and those that would be affected. That's how complex this is. Really. I mean, it any because it's a system, right? So it's not right. – we're not just trying to serve a person. You're you're trying to serve – you're trying you, – you end up impacting systems. And some people get really good at getting service from mm-hmm. a system. Mm-hmm. And those that aren't that good might not ever get served. Right. So – and anyway, that's complex. It is. It is. And, and, and I think, again, that's a wisdom in the heart, might, mind, and strength yeah. part of it, that our strength is truly thought out. You know, the heart, I think, is more than just the, the feel-good principle. It's, it's seeking that revelation and inspiration that that's I think huge. is so key um, because we, we can't foresee everything. It's just impossible. And maybe, I guess, another principle I'm hearing there then is um, – Think, you know, longevity of the act. Mm-hmm. So exactly. it doesn't have to be a one-time event. No. If you're working on literacy, you're even if you're helping a family get their dad literate, mm-hmm. and only even if you can only help a little bit, that is going to pay dividends. There's that great quote that says, "You can count the apples in a seed, but you can't count. You can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count mm-hmm. the apples in a seed." Mm-hmm. So you you can you'll know you know I went five times to help but you'll Absolutely. have no idea how many apples came from that. Very true. That is, that's I mean the, the thing about all of this is it's principle oriented, mm-hmm. and I guess we know it's working. How, how do you know in the end? Because you can serve and offend, mm-hmm. definitely. But it doesn't diminish that you had a good intent, right? So that was good. You can also, um, 
But there's, there, it seems like you brought up mutual reciprocity. Mm-hmm. It seems like when you serve um, in a more principled way, you might foster more of a desire for other people to want to serve or to be better and to get in and to – a lot of times it becomes contagious. Definitely. I, th- I think every single one of us is probably the result of a ripple effect of service. Someone who who made a difference, who affected us and then gave us – a, a, you know, gave us the desire to, yeah. to go and serve. I, you know, personally, my, my dad died when I was four years old. I had a lot of coaches, teachers, scoutmasters who stepped in and made a huge difference. Yeah. And so when I work with the BYU students and they start talking about those populations, that hits close to home because I've been one of you those know what populations. That's like. and, and I know what it is to be labeled as one mm-hmm. of those populations. You're the widow's son. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, so knowing that that each person is just so so important, but also, I think some of those um, difficulties will lead us to understand better mm-hmm. the circumstances of those around. And talk us. about it. Yeah, like, talk about what you learned, and talk about right. Like, go have a post mortem on your <laughs> on the trunk or treat, and yeah, talk to your exactly. group, the, your church group, and say, "Look, that was great, but we noticed we we left people out." Right. I mean, there's learning here, right? Uh-huh. And what happens when you become a learning organization that's founded in service. That's like crazy cool. And I think that that is really what we're trying to, to seek. We're never going to accomplish everything. I, I, I don't think yeah. life is set up that we're ever going to accomplish everything right. that needs to be happening. But in the process of learning, it increases our awareness and our capacity. Yeah. And by having that awareness, we're looking for ways to serve all the time and not just scheduled and not yeah. convenient we're looking to serve all the time, and that awareness just leads to huge. to a change in, in ourselves, at least. Casey Peterson's his name, and uh, BYU Community uh, Center. What's it called? The director of BYU Center for Service and Learning mm-hmm. is his game. Casey, thanks so much, my friend. Thank you. Huge. That's just. The, I want your job. <laughs> you want to do a radio I hear that show? A lot. <laughs> you do a radio show, and uh, we're sending Sky over. You guys, if you want, Sky could come. He could he could be a DJ for your parties. That would be great. Or I could do service. Okay. (laughs) See, he's learning. That's a phrase you've never heard from me. Can I serve you somehow? Thank you, Casey. Um, Appreciate it. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back, and uh, Merritt's going to teach us a little bit about how to serve military heroes and families. This is the Matt Townsend Show, right here on Sirius XM One Forty Three BYU Radio. Welcome back, kids, to the Matt Townsend Show. Sky, did you learn something there? Yes, I did. That was really neat that you, a minute ago, just said, maybe I could serve. Yeah. That, that was, was neat. That was pretty neat. Like, How I, neat was that? that? What's neat about that is that was a phrase that has never left your lips. Yeah, I decided to try some new things today. By the way, it also came after, uh, off the air, Casey told us, that one of their projects they do in the service center is they date they they have service dates where they get dates together mm. and then those dates go serve and right after that sky's like where can i sign up i want <laughs> to serve yeah so i still think it's kind of selfish i think that sounds like a good idea it's a great idea okay. uh service military service we call them the military they're in the military service yes they come that's home what we, say. we abandon them 
We don't take care of them. Merit. What should we be doing? Okay, so what I'm thinking is the holidays are coming up. Yes, you know Thanksgiving is、mm. soon. Yes, Christmas is not that far away. We're basically there. Yeah, and so a lot this time of year, a lot of people are feeling it. They're feeling the spirit, and they want to get out and serve people, which is a fantastic thing to do. And、um, one of my favorite things is that at this time of year, people want. I mean. They will find lots of different ways to serve.、Sure. I mean, you see,、um, they'll like adopt a family in their neighborhood. Doorbell ditch,、out. yeah, doorbell ditching. It's、that's, great. Kids in our neighborhood do that. Taping. <laughs> that's not. This that, is that's, those aren't services. What if, service, need, what if they need toilet paper? <laughs> well, then leave the rolls on the front porch. <laughs> Don't throw it over、no. their house.、Um, you always see, you know, Salvation Army. Yeah, the little bells and things like that. So fundraise. Everyone's、yeah. gathering money. But it's just part of the time, part of the year. People want to do good things. Yeah, and so. One of the best ways to do that is to give back to what you're saying to service members, to people in the military. Not only people in the military, but their families. Yeah. Because the holidays、right. are a hard time. It's a horrible time in that situation、right. to be no, away from your family. You're either away from your family or your family's away from you, and a lot of times, I mean,、and、the added stress. Yeah. yeah, the added stress of having, you know, say your dad's deployed. That's a lot of stress on the kids. That's a lot of stress on the wife, and it can really. Add up, yeah, and so it's a great time of year to take advantage of that. But sometimes, like I didn't, I was thinking about that today. I didn't really know where to begin. Like, where do you start? Well, and you don't want to like stalk the military families. You don't want to like,、no. hey, <laughs> hey, we want to serve you. Is your husband away? Yeah. Well, and it just yeah. So you gotta、yeah. be careful. And you know they don't. They don't have like specific addresses.、Right. You can just send、right. letters to you know or packages. They they don't. But again, maybe this technically is- allow you to send. Packages、right. to like whole military bases. Like you have to have somebody to send it to or something.、Yeah. So what I did was I went and found a bunch of ways that cool you can give back to those heroes and、Sweet. their families for the holidays. Okay, let's hear them.、Um, first one, and this one's cool. So again, like I said, you're not allowed to send letters yeah, addressed to, to like any soldier or to, and just send it to a base.、Yeah. Um, but there are foundations that let you send letters to them, and then the foundations will send、oh, letters neat. over. Oh, yeah, I've heard so, of these. Um, American Red Cross is the big one, and what you can do is you can send a Christmas card, and you send it to their Holiday Mail for Heroes. That's what the campaign is called. Holiday Mail for Heroes. Holiday Mail for Heroes, and the address. I'm just gonna say go, right go now. Go for it. Do it. You send it to Holiday Mail for Heroes, P.O. Box five four five six, in Capitol Heights, Maryland. Yeah, neat. Maryland, and zip. Zip is two zero seven nine one. Holiday for Heroes, Capital Heights, Heights, Maryland, two zero seven nine one. Write letters to the military. Have your family sit down. That's a cool、yeah. family night. Well, and get this because it takes a while to send them overseas and to process all of them. You need to have them in by December six. Get going right yeah, now. Yeah, which、that's、is a, right your, now. That's Do your whatever Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah,、right. you can so, write ten letters each. Yeah, there are a few things.、Um, it says to use generic. Like、yeah. address them generically. Just say like, like your service member. Jimmy, you know, because they may not have a Jimmy. Yeah,、um, and they th- said, please just send cards, not letters, just cards.、Um, don't include any personal information because that gets messy. Don't send pictures. Yeah, no pictures, no personal addresses. And then they they said, please don't、um, use cards that have lots of glitter because that can <laughs> cause problems. Which sounds really funny. It says it can ha- aggravate health issues of ill and injured warriors. Well, sure, and、yeah. you don't want your warrior all glittered up. No, that is so not、wrong. 
Yeah, intimidating. Yeah. So you just send them and you um, can send – you can stick as many cards as you can fit in an envelope and just send them out there. So, But imagine you're sitting there in Afghanistan. Your family's written you, but you know you get your five letters a month. I you mean, get your and emails. Really, and then some if you cute only if you letter get letters comes. from your family, you're done with that yeah. in half an hour. That's right. But if you get a ton of letters, how neat is that? There's a Christmas day. Okay, that is yeah. a good gift right there. So there's a cool one. Um, some other ways you can do it. You can look for military families in your area, mm-hmm. which is great. And there's some cool ways to do that. Lots of. Um, you can go to different foundations and you can adopt families or you can um, – they have, will have different things where they'll have wish lists that yeah. families have, things that they need. But here's a cool one that I didn't think of. You can just get gift cards for stores like Target, Walmart, or Kohl's. And if you give them back to the store or back to those foundations, that helps them a ton because then they can use the gift card to pay for somebody's oh, Christmas presents cra- or something like that. That's a great like idea. That. Yeah, so yeah. you can just kind of – privately, Plus, secretly you, fund somebody's Christmas. If you don't way. know if they're in the military, just look for a yellow ribbon on their front tree. Everyone with a yellow ribbon with, on their front tree is in the military. I'm not sure of everyone, <laughs> but you got to have neighbors that you know yeah. went or a friend's son. So hook up your friend's son. How neat is that, that out of the blue, you end up sending a letter to your friend's son in the military? That's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, it is Or a way card. Cool. Love it. Yeah, so there are lots of ways that you can go look. And really, if you just look online, you can find tons of things. There are things where you can donate Christmas trees to fa- military families who are living abroad. You can um, donate whole meals. You can make cookies. I mean, there, there are so many things out there. All you have to do is start looking. And in the very least, you can send a few letters. Well, and... It's just an audience that's neglected. Yeah. And they're out there giving their life for you. Yeah. So, so if, you're a, need an, if you need the obvious person to serve, military families. There you go. It's the perfect Love time it. of year to do it. And let's be clear. Just Sky, I know, has put out stuff like send me something. Send me cookies. Send me ice cream. He just stole M&M's. Sky has M&M's in the studio. Security. <laughs> You're so dead. Um, no, send it to military families. Man, get security, Merritt. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We're coming right back with Meg Conley. Well done, Merritt. Thank We're you. We're saving military families, respecting them the way they deserve to be respected. Meg Conley will be joining us. She is the queen of it all. She's going to teach us about service. She's got some stories about um, the Philippines. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. She's in the house. Hello. She's here. The great <laughs> Meg Alexandria Conley. That would be amazing if that was Isn't my that a beautiful name? name? Yeah. Mag. Oh, that's Mac. Mag. Those are your initials. Mac. Yeah. That's, you know, less pretty sounding. But what is your real... Um, Elaine. Meg Elaine Conley. Yeah. Mac. Yeah. So they always call me Meg Elaine. 
Really? Yeah. Yeah, they ought not spend. They ought not (laughs) do that. Meg uh, is is um, the world's greatest uh, blogger. Yeah, I won that award of all time. My my kids have given it to me, which yeah. was really nice of them. Well, did they? So, yeah. <laughs> well, that was neat. That was so neat of them. Uh, I think you're due Everybody's for an award winner. here. We like to give awards on the show because then we're an award winning show. Yes, yes, I'm waiting for that. <gasps> Look at this bag of M and M's. Yeah, Skyboy just gave me. Those started as mine. Wow, thank you. I'm going to put them right over here. And uh, I actually I prefer that you have them. The peanut Skyway. M&Ms are delicious. They are. Yeah. Sky's actually got a peanut allergy. Do you? Well, we learned that because I had to stick him with an EpiPen about 17 times in the last Did year. Did you have lice two weeks ago? Because that's what they were telling everyone. I think that's a mystery. That- <laughs> We'll just let he our doesn't listeners... like to talk about it, <laughs> and we. But he did find out he doesn't have lice. It wasn't lice. Okay. It was the some bigger, other infestation. Well, the bigger bugs were eating the lice. <laughs> <laughs> so the lice oh. are gone. It's the bigger bugs we're worried I about. I ate just before I got here. Did you? Did we keep it clean. Keep it clean. <laughs> Meg in progress. Go check out her website. Meg in progress. Dot blogspot. Dot com. Meg in progress. Dot com. Yeah, dot com. Come on, I own my own domain name. I know you do because you know why. That's a that just shows you you're legit. Yeah, I'm pretty professional. Too legit to quit. (laughs) You also have a husband named Riley. Yeah, I do. He's nice. You have a daughter named Zuzu. Yeah, not Zulu. Not Zulu. Zuzu. Zulu would be a tribe. Yeah. (laughs) And Viola. Viola. Yeah. Not Viola. No, Viola the flower. Right. I thought it was a daughter. Yeah. Viola honey, named after a flower, and my favorite food. Meg, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? You look I'm glad dashing. To be back. Thank you. I tried to match this. Do we time. call girls dashing? Sure, sure. You're my although, gu- you're my guide on that. Although you know, or do like, we call you like lovely? When a woman has um, you know stronger features, yeah. but maybe, and I would say, oh, she's beautiful. Then my dad says, oh, she's a handsome woman. So maybe that's like really? dashing. See, yeah. I, that sounds like a backhanded compliment. Right. Well, take it as you will. As you will. <laughs> so show for dashing, you look sure. I'll be dashing. I'll stunning. take that. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. That's what and I was going for. Meg, yes. You like service. I love service. Okay, so you guys have been talking about finding hope through service today, right? Yes, and I have a feeling the Philippines impacted you. It did. Okay, I mean very indirectly, but um so we have a very close family friend who was serving her mission in the Tacloban mission. Yes. And and if you guys have been paying attention to the news, that's where they're estimating 10,000 deaths alone from this horrible typhoon, right? So so after the storm hit, of course her parents were waiting at home, waiting for the mission president to call um and tell them that their, you know, their little girl was okay and they waited waited and they waited mm. and they waited and they didn't get a call for three days. No way. Really, really. So as a parent, yeah. how terrifying. And they yeah. knew that she was in this region. And um, as they're waiting to hear the call, they're hearing that people are being killed over food there and, and that it's basically, you know, descended into utter chaos. And so, of course, they've been worried. So finally, on the third day, they get the call and she's okay. And she'll oh. be in touch with them in a couple hours. So, um so she calls and they're so anxious to hear from her. And you know, you know when something happens and it's like, that is so much worse yeah. than I thought it would yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was so much worse, was it worse than they thought it would be. So she had been serving in um, one of the outer, she hadn't been serving in the city center. She'd been serving in a, 
region around it. And the the people in charge had heard that the typhoon was coming, and they were positive that the city would be the safest place to go. That it wouldn't run the, to the city. That the storm wouldn't have the the storm wouldn't have as much landfall. Yeah. And so they um so they moved her and nine other sisters into this apartment um, in the middle of the city, and the storm hit. And obviously, as we know now. The worst right place there. to be. Okay? They moved him right into the eye right of the storm. The, and so, um, wow. So, so the sisters were all on the second floor, huddled together, and um, they thought that they'd be safe up there. But as the storm raged on, um, and the 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 first floor was completely underwater, and as the storm raged on, the water on the second floor reached their ankles, and oh, then their knees, no. and then their hips. And they knew we have to get out, so they got downstairs. And because of the way that the the downstairs was set up, there still was a little bit of breathing room between the water and the ceiling, right? So they go downstairs, and some of these sisters can't swim. Oh, so my note heavens. to self, if you send your children abroad, yeah. make sure they, make can, sure swim, they can swim, I guess. Or send them with floaties. So, they, <laughs> so these sisters, so they, they tried to pry the door open. And they couldn't because of the pressure of the ocean water yeah. against the door. And um, and they couldn't find a way out. And the, all the windows on the first floor had bars over them. Oh and the goodness. windows on the second floor, much of them were the same except for one. And so they went they went back upstairs and the water's rushing all around them. And they, um, they were able to get that one window open. And with nothing with them, none of them even had shoes, um, they were able to get out that window. But the storm is still raging and they had to swim. They had to swim to a nearby house house and they had ropes because their mission president yeah. had said equip yourselves with ropes in case the storm gets bad i don't ever <laughs> want to be anywhere where anyone tells me to equip myself with don't a rope forget your rope. <laughs> thankfully they had oh, listened man. and so um with that rope these sisters these girls these babies they were 19 years old um climbed up on top of a roof and they they waited out three more hours of the storm on top of the roof, and the sea kept rising oh. and rising until it touched their ankles. And you know they do what we all do in those situations: they prayed, they wept, they yeah. wanted to go home. Um, the sea stopped rising at about their ankles, and they began to recede. So amazing! Is it over? It's not no. over. Just <laughs> so, the beginning. So um. As as the as the the waters went back to the ocean, um, the the city had been completely flattened. There were no services. I mean, Ugh. no access to internet, no access to phone. What used to take eight minutes to walk now took an hour and a half or more. And so they were stuck in that city for another two and a half days. And um, this particular friend of mine, um, who is serving over there right now, um. People were killed for food, and she was around when it happened. So she watches. There this. were there were bodies hanging from trees. I mean, things that you don't that no, see. That even in war torn countries, I mean, this magnitude is not yeah. something that you expect to see. So, um, so finally, all there were a hundred and. Eight missionaries, and finally all of them were gathered together, and they were able, because of the U.S. military, yay America, (laughs) were able to be, um, were able to get out. So they get into Manila, um, to the MTC, which is where LDS people keep all of their keep all of their missionaries and yeah. train them before the sending them out center. into the world. Right. So um, they get there and their feet are cut up. They have infections from walking through water that's been filled with human waste. I mean, uh. it's just awful. And and on top of it all, they just want to go home. Yeah. So here is where the service comes in. Um, I happen to know a really lovely woman living in Manila. And um, I knew that um, this missionary friend of mine 
would be there eventually if she had survived the storm. And so I emailed this friend and I said, I don't know how you'll do it. I don't know if you have any connection with the missionaries, but she'll be there and she's going to need a hug. Oh, wow. So this woman, her name is Amber. I won't say anything else because she doesn't want people to know. (laughs) She's very humble. But Amber didn't just go and give this girl a hug. She contacted the people who are in charge and she said, I want to do whatever needs to be done for these sisters and I'm not going to sleep until they've gotten a chance to sleep and I'm going to get them everything that you can imagine they need plus a little bit more. And she spent the next three days doing that tirelessly. She was the sole lifeline for these girls to their parents. She emailed the parents of all the girls. She let them know how they were doing. She sent pictures. She helped them pick up clothes. She tended their wounds. Oh, my heavens. Okay, so amazing, right? Yeah. So this woman, Amber, who had been living in the Philippines, she's been there for two and a half years. I know that there have been times that she didn't understand why she was there. She had no, like, why am I here? Why am I in the Philippines? So um, no offense to people in the Philippines. Yeah. But um, she'd moved there with her husband for a job. And now is this the sole reason that she's there? Most likely not. But she was where she was supposed to be, and she activated herself, and she was able to find hope in her own situation by serving the people around her. So this is a very big, grand story. How often are we going to be able to help in a typhoon, right? Right. Right. But – why are we in the neighborhood that we're in, right? Like we are each Esther at the end of the day, yeah. okay? We are each called to the kingdom for a specific purpose. And I feel like through serving, that is often how we find our purpose. Huge. It's an exciting it story. Well, you said you used the word activate or actuate. What did you say? Activate, yeah. This is where... This is where she got in and she she got in or her mission. I mean, it's finally this culmination of why am I here? Exactly. And knowing you who knew her, who created a tie. Right. I mean, in my broke own a boundary. itsy bitsy way, yeah. I was able but to you serve actuate, there. You activated. But it's because <laughs> we just have to be aware because yeah. because I was able to string this together and I literally had to send three emails. Done. Yeah. And I look like the coolest person yeah. in the world. Like, yeah, you're sitting back here. Look at me. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. Yeah, Go not, ahead and no. do the rest of the work. <laughs> but see how but see, that changed you, and that just changed me, and that just changed listeners. And so that's the contagious – that's the contagion effect. Right, which the one time I can like that word. That's, that's very contagion. exciting. Now, check this out. So my wife's uncle that I've grown up loving – was called to be a mission president in Cebu. Oh, yeah. Which is right next door. Right. And just picked up a huge group of these these. And that's where she went, actually. Okay, so, so she's in She's that. with him. Now, let me tell you something about him. Okay, I'm excited about this. So here's the next story, the rest of the story. So when they call mission presidents, these are men and women anywhere from, you know, 40 to 65 years old-ish, 70, that are free of life now. Now they can go serve. Right. Well, he's he's never been a rich man. Right. So he never could do this early enough. His wife is a nurse mm-hmm. and they've the wife has gone on every service opportunity abroad on those ships that travel to poor countries and right. she serves serves. So she's done disaster service. Amazing. And out of anywhere they could have been called on earth. They get called to the Philippines. Cebu to the Philippines where a month ago they had an earthquake. Crazy. And this man sat up two weeks into his mission. He sat up calling 200 missionaries, families in the morning. Our best friend's 
kids ended up going to that mission. Wow. And they got a call from this brand new mission president at two in the morning saying, I got your son. He's good. Everyone's healthy. Amazing. So that's where they're going that's to it. this couple. I love that. That Isn't makes that cool? me so happy. So service begets cool. service begets service. It's amazing. And they're, they're, it's amazing. They're not, this is not a flashy couple, but they will. The, you're, these girls, your friends, they will feel so loved by this couple. I'm so the glad. The Tanners are their name. Yay, <clears throat> Tanners. Well, you it's see, delightful. They took the mission. By the way, ticked off some family. Some family weren't happy oh. that they were leaving. Oh, I bet. Grandkids it's and a huge to go sacrifice. for three years. Absolutely. It's a Called huge sacrifice. Huge. And so, but I think, you know, what typhoon is assaulting your neighbor right now that you don't know about? In what way can you serve them? And, and you know, with, with Amber, she did initially think, I just need to go give her a hug. And then it turned into so much Communication. More. I can Commun- bring pictures. I can right. tell your family. Right. I mean, I know um, the sister missionary's mom called me twice and just said, you have no idea what she has done for me. You have no idea what it is for a mother to not be able to be there. And then I offered to pay for a ticket. <laughs> she was like, that's not how this works. That's I was like, oh, oh, Your husband's okay. like, honey, back it down. <laughs> that's, but see, isn't that interesting? And again, she didn't, she didn't know. She probably to this day doesn't know how big of an impact she's having. No, no, absolutely not. And none of us do. Mm. And so and so I think that I think that we need to allow our service to help us find our position in our own lives I love too. That. And so I think so when I, you know, when <laughs> when I am moody or upset or feel lost or ignored, that's when I know that it's time to serve because that can help me help fix me back yeah, into place. You gotta get again. out of you. Right. Hope begets hope. That's mm-hmm. very exciting and love necessary. That. Man, Meg. So, Yay! <laughs> You're in progress, girl. I'm working on it. That is, that's the lesson of the whole show. You just performed it. Why Done. Did, why did we just do the show? Why didn't we just have you? This is why I have the M&M trophy. That's it. Yeah. You, you get that trophy. I get that trophy. Don't give any to this guy. No. Unless you feel nothing. sad and down, then serve him. With I'm kind of sad. So. <laughs> He's going to give you the mopey face. Um, it's an interesting thing, too, that, that you don't have to go... You don't have to wait for a disaster, and you also don't need to go do anything big. You no. just need to take what you're supposed to do, which your heart will tell you. Right. And you just do that. Right, because – and I know that this sounds a little extreme, but especially being at home with children, there have been many days where I felt like I had you know, had to climb, pull up myself up onto the roof to avoid the yeah. rushing waters of my own life. Yeah. And then I just waited there because I was paralyzed by circumstance. These girls couldn't take themselves out of the circumstance, mm. right? And there have been times when I felt that way. And once in a while, when I feel that way, someone has a prompting or an intuition or an understanding, and they come and help me in that circumstance. It's huge. And and it can be small. It often is, but the moment feels big. Oh, yeah. And that's all that matters. And all you needed was like one person with the right. With the right, thing, you know, like amount of Diet Coke. That's right. Or a Diet Coke, <laughs> a dirty Diet Coke. Or a ladder to get you off your roof. And they're exactly. like, Meg, get off your roof, right. honey. Right, what, whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever it is. And so, so I think that we need to wake up each morning and ask, why have I been called to this day? I love that. And then proceed. And, and know that sometimes it's very small, but yeah. I like checking things off my list. So if I can figure out why I'm alive this day and I can check that off my list, that gives me more time to well, watch the Mindy Project. Well, that's actually huge. If, you, if you're <laughs> looking for it, then you go do what project? Watch the Mindy Project. That show on TV, man. Never seen it. Come on. Is there a Come Mindy? On, son. Is there? Is there? I, I, I've seen Mork and Mindy. 
Oh, yeah. I used to watch that when I was a kid. But there's a Mindy in project <laughs> in your youth. That's rude. That's kind of rude. You were going so well, and then you I just went doing, rude. I was doing so well. <laughs> you were like, like – For all the times you've called, called Zuzu Zulu. <laughs> I know. But you're lucky I don't call her Zsa that would have been a good name. Zsa Gabor, did yeah, you know Zsa Yeah, I'll think about that for next she time. She was cute. Yeah. Um, you're great. <laughs> That's the last Except for the here. rude comments. Right, minus that. Well, Strike I mean, I, it was going great. I was just going to, like, build you up. And <laughs> then I just, it just kind of pulled the rug. It's kind of like a sky thing. I, I'll take that. That's pretty good company. This is a pretty good compliment, I'd say, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Any day of the week, Matt. Okay. Well... <laughs> Okay, can you hang with us? I will hang. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. We're going to give stories of our own, you know, service gone bad. Oh, fine. Kind of I've got lots of that. Or service gone good, but you know, sometimes the ugly are better. We'll take a break. We're talking service today, and uh, we're probably going to break open those M and M's. Actually, you got to take those home to That's Zuzu smart, and Jaja and um, mm. Viola. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Yeehaw! The Roundup on the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to round up the show uh, talking about the good, the bad, the ugly. We wanted to go around the horn and figure out uh, some stories... You know, service stories gone good, service stories gone bad. And then I guess Sky was going to bring up the ugly. <laughs> that wasn't funny. I'm that wasn't sorry. funny at all. <laughs> too soon, Matt. Too I know. Soon. That was too soon. Too soon to the ugly? <laughs> too, soon to, too soon to what? Your haircut? Your haircut, by the way, looks great. Hey, we only have a few minutes, so let's get on. We got about six minutes, but your hair looks us. great. Thank you. Okay, anybody got a story? Good, bad, ugly about service? I have a good story that has uh, inspired me. Who are you, kind sir? I haven't seen any guy with a stash like yours. That's because <laughs> no man has a mustache like mine. Good point. <laughs> that is a very good point. Almost not even a stash. Uh, it's a mustache because you must like it. Okay. What's your story? My story is back when I was in high school, I uh, was driving into the parking lot and they, for some reason, had, had swipe magnetic key cards and this big gate would open up wow. and, and then you get in and big everything. League. And there was this little hill. And my car at the time was an 89 Reliant K. I called it <laughs> Thor. Fantastic little Those vehicle. Were great cars. Older than me. Um, and it stalled because it was the middle of November. It was kind of cold. Yeah. And there's a guy in line behind me. And so I like opened my door. I like, Put the brake on, open my door. I like look back. Sorry, man, my car has just died. Go to the other entrance. Like I'll figure something out. And then he says, "No way, I'll help you push." I'm like, oh, "What a nice guy!" But it's uphill, so we still couldn't do it. And so he lined up his car, which is like a jeep. Oh no! And he pushed it bumper to bumper. <laughs> the Reliant K car was made of, I think, cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> no, it worked out okay. But he, he, so he Thor lined was up. Fine. He lined up bumper to bumper with Thor. And I, I swiped the card again, the gate open, we go in, and here's here's the miraculous part. There were two convenient parking spaces right next to each other, so he pushed mine in, uh-huh. and then he got to park right next to it. So he didn't actually, like, lose yeah. having a good space for yeah. helping me. And so I've always wanted to, like, help someone out with their car, but it never works out quite as well. Well, as, I as, think as, your yeah. mustache is plenty. I just smile at people. Just smile. Give them a wink. <laughs> You look like Tom Selleck. 
Hey, that's a good thing. That's a great, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. One of the greater mustaches. Do you have a generation. Ferrari? Maybe you need to get rid of the Reliant K and get a Ferrari. Oh, it's it's long since died. You got rid of it. Well, that's a good story. See, that's a good story. That feels good. No one died. Want me to ruin it? Speaking of death, here comes <laughs> one Bryce. time. One time I was walking home from college while well, I was walking to my car where it was parked very far away. Um, some guy, his car died. Once again, we're talking about cars. Car death. And so um, a whole bunch of people were actually at this like intersection and we were going, we we're like, oh, your car just died. Don't worry. We'll push you out. There's like six guys here. We got this. So we're all pushing this car and we get it out of the intersection. We're like getting them into one of the parking lots so they could turn out. And the person who's guiding their car leans out to say, okay, thanks, guys. That's all I need. As they're doing that, they hit the brakes. And so six guys all bang their heads into the back of this. And we're like, ah, seriously, we hope your that car dies again and sad. we're not around. We're like, thanks, we all have concussions. We're all going to start throwing <laughs> up and eyes, falling conscious and go see. into a coma. See, that's why I don't surf. Exactly. That's you'll why lose, I don't. You'll get head injuries. Right? Mm. Sad. Beamed my head on the back well, of the car. Well, that's just kind of, that's, that, we'll call that a bad story. We'll call that a bad. It's also kind of ugly. Almost ugly. I needed yeah. stitches. Okay, anybody else got I one? actually have one from this morning. Meg Conley, Meg in Progress. Driving Zuzu to preschool. Zuzu? My daughter. Oh. Not the tribe. Not Jaja. And, right. And and I round the corner because her preschool's in a neighborhood area, and there's an older gentleman with crutches, and he's ha- he's bringing up his trash can from the curb, and he's ha- he has crutches, so he's having to... He pulls a little bit, gets on his crutch. cr- crutches, moves pull, forward crutch. a little bit. Pull right. crutch. Pull, pull crutch, crutch. Pull crutch. So I'm like, my goodness. Help and it's raining. Yeah. It's raining. Yeah. So Did you I, hold his crutches? So I pull my car over and I run up and I'm like, I'm like, I got this. Like, no problem. Like, um, I always have to, and, and I didn't want to emasculate yeah. him. And so I said, um, I always have to pull up the trash cans for my dad. It's like my job in the house. Like, let me get this. And he looks at me and he's like, no, thank you. Get away from me, you. That's really? it. Turns away and just pull crutch, pull crutch after that. Okay, you know what you do then? You kick crutch <laughs> and you push down. I was like, well, see, that's didn't why even people... turn around again. I was like, have a have a good day to you, you sir. You have a good day. You have a good day. <laughs> I think with Matt's plan, you also need to tip over the garbage can. Yeah, tip over the garbage can, kick out his crutch. I felt bad. He, maybe Drive he was embarrassed. Away. You know, you know he was older. Take he didn't him a want, beverage. Like, a, Girl, I should have. I should have served on top of the bad service. Yeah, when you don't want to serve, you serve more. Right. That truth. Okay, let me give you another one. Uh, my dad has a um, a dog. I was going to try to tell you the name of the dog. It's a t- big terrier. Like you Airedale. don't know the name he has of an Airedale terrier. dad's dog? Yeah. Well, he, he has an – I don't know his name. Uh, <laughs> but he has the type of dog is an Airedale. So my dad's out front. The postal worker brings up my dad's Airedale, an Airedale, and says, is this your Airedale? And my dad's like, no, that's not mine. That's my neighbor's. So the postal worker's like, oh, really? And my dad's like, you know what? I'll take it and go put it in his (laughs) gate. So he takes the Airedale, walks it across the yard to the neighbor's house, and um, he just had to help. He tried to open the gate to let the Airedale in, but the gate was locked. So my dad lifts up this Airedale. They're big dogs. And he, this dog is fighting him. Like, no, no, you are not putting me I'm over not going in that back yard. To them. I'm not. Going and he's back. just kicking, 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 kicking. And my dad's like, no, this will be good because the people weren't home. I'll just get your dog in your yard. No one will know. It'll be good. So he throws the dog over the fence. The dog was fine. And my dad looks over the fence, and another Airedale, the actual Airedale that lives there, 
runs around, and now there's two Airedales. My dad had kidnapped a dog and thrown it in someone else's yard. Passing the buck. Passing the buck. Then he comes out, and someone's like, have you seen my Airedale? He's like, I don't know yeah, what those somehow are. somehow got in that yard know. over there. Weird. Weird. So he had to climb back over, get the dog, and then throw him back over. Your dad sounds super spry. He's spry. He's a lot like me. <laughs> spry and sporty. Well, there you have it. The good. I would call that the good. He was a good, honorable service. It was bad and ugly for the dog. Kidnapping dogs. <laughs> Meg, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having Way me. Way to have probably your best segment ever. Tell Zsa Zsa hey. I will. I'll and hey. tell Violin we missed her. Yeah, I will. Sky, did you learn something? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. We're going to wrap up the show, folks. That is service. Go and do, right? Hopefully we've helped you learn. Now let's all go out, commit to do a little bit more, serve a little bit more, love a lot more. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back here tomorrow right here on Sirius XM BYU Radio.